Welcome to Nothing Confidential, the podcast. I'm Kristen Henke, your hostess with the mostest, guide from the side, and mistress of ceremonies. Together, we're about to explore and deconstruct the shame and stigma surrounding our sexuality. You heard that right. We're going deep on the topics of sex, relationships, spirituality, health, and everything else that impacts our ability to live, love, and orgasm freely. My hope is to shine a light on our shared experiences by normalizing taboo topics and empowering each of you to reclaim autonomy of your pleasure, your bodies, and your lives. You are now entering a judgment-free zone where I ask all the uncomfortable and embarrassing questions for you. Our unofficial mantra is be curious, not judgmental. So leave your inner prude at the door or strap her in tight because this is happening. and see what happens. (laughs) Cheers. I'm going to hold my wine up to the screen. Cheers. (laughs) Wait, look me in the eye or you're going to have bad sex for seven years. (laughs) Okay. Do not want that. We do not want that. Sex is kind of our thing. No, we don't want that sex. Yes. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Let's get this. Let's get this show on the road. Let's get this tomfoolery going. Yeah. All right, gang. Welcome back to Nothing Confidential, the podcast. <laughs> this is our uh, this is our week back uh, after I implemented our new. T- we're doing two episodes a month instead of four for the time being because I have a tiny baby and that makes my life easier and gives you guys quality content. And I decided that because there's only two, obviously the stakes are higher to bring to like really pack the value <laughs> into these episodes and. I was like, okay, how can I give these people, you know, how can I give them more of what they want and what how we all we want? All the lips and more juiciness. How can we give these people something to really satisfy them? And I decided that it was time to bring back the hashtag asking for a friend oh, with a friend segment. And there was no one, there was no one else that even popped up as an option when I decided to do this other than my dear friend and work wife and not so secret <laughs> crush Joe Encarnacion everybody hello hello <laughs> and you guys may remember her from our kick-ass episode I don't remember the number I didn't look it up before I came on here but it was not your token WOC or mm. color it was a fantastic conversation and that was not the first time she was here. <laughs> she no. was also here with her partner, Jonathan, um, back, back a ways. It was a ways back now. In, like, it's been eight, pandemic. Eight, There's yeah. been all kinds of shit happening since so then. Things. So that feels like a really long time. Like so a, long. Because that was, that was close to when we began falling in love. And now it feels like we've been together for a decade. And that's <laughs> not true, but it feels like it. I mean, you know, COVID accelerates things. So this whole pandemic is a complete accelerator yeah, it's so a it's a bit of an accelerator i mean it that that gives a whole lot of context as to why we are so madly and deeply in love with each other <laughs> it's true everything was just <laughs> amplified and intensified and here we are for the long haul <sighs> so you guys this is going to be extra fun because most of my episodes just a little behind the scenes they're mostly recorded as quickly and efficiently as possible while my child naps, like during the day, while I'm on a good coffee buzz, head's really clear. And Joe and I are recording this at, well, I was going to say seven o'clock at night. It's 7.30 my time, 5.30 Joe's time because she's in Cali and we're having wine and we're just letting it all hang out. So all of it's hanging out. All of it's hanging out. (laughs) (laughs) Joe's tits are out. I need to pull my shirt down a little bit more. There we go. There we go. (laughs) <laughs> but we decided to uh, open this up it, just like Q&A style. Joe went on and asked her audience to submit questions on sex, intimacy, relationships, uh, life. If you want Kristen and Joe's opinion on your life, that that was also welcome. We decided to just kind of take whatever, yeah. take whatever. And we got, uh, we got a load. We got a rich load here of oh, questions. Mm-hmm. Got a load of questions. A load of questions. A load of questions. I love a good disclaimer. So we're going to start with that. Yeah, let's set the expectations first. Let's set the expectation. 
Joe and I, we are not licensed physicians, uh, doctors of PhD or physical medicine in any way, shape or form. So our advice is a combination of our lived experiences, our personal studies and our very strong personal opinions. Mm -hmm. They should not be taken as medical advice. They should not be taken in lieu of medical advice. If you feel that you need support, please seek a professional. Yes. That was so now, beautiful. <laughs> no, like that but was if, eloquent, right? But, it, but if you also want coaching. But coaching is fine because we are sex coaches, but that is different than, <laughs> say, a therapist um, or something like that. That's an important differentiation to make. Yes. And mm-hmm. we both have uh, a beautiful community of licensed professionals. If someone were to need that, we're help, happy to plug you in. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm already slurring, like I've been drinking much more <laughs> than I have. I think it might be a combination of the time of day, my excitement level, and then I guess this is my second glass. <laughs> I mean, it could just be that we're experiencing NRE and a bunch of our like oxytocin is just <laughs> pumping through the body right now. It's one or the other. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go with that one. That one sounds better. <laughs> That one's more sciencey and stuff. So definitely, <laughs> definitely gonna go with that one. All right, we let's should just into jump the mailbag. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's. I'm like imagining us digging through like a stack of letters. Mm-hmm. So, Joe, do you want to take the first one? Yeah. So, we recently had a baby, and by recently, I mean almost four months ago. And ever since, I have had no desire to be intimate. Not because I don't feel confident in my body, but because I genuinely don't feel into having sex. We've had sex once since birth and it was mainly because he wanted to and it was just awkward. How do you bring the spark back into our sex life after having a kid? Mm. Oh, this is so good. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? I mean, I think it's like, (laughs) I think, (laughs) I mean, you know, A, kind of, I feel like it kind of depends on the age. Like I feel like for me, past 35, something happened. Like I just was like, I just want to keep fucking all the time. Prior to that, I was just so tired and so focused on work and having kids that sex was literally the last thing on my mind, even though it was like maybe coming through once in a while. And so I think like one of the things is just give yourself a little bit of grace. You had your baby four months ago. There's a humongous and gigantic emotional, physical, and spiritual change that you're experiencing in your life right now. And it's okay to not want to be in the mood for sex. Your sexuality, just like every part of your life, comes in seasons. And you might be in a season of like winter where you just need to rest up, heal up your body, heal up your, even your sexual energy. And that's okay too. But in terms of like bringing the spark back, make time for it. And it's just like anything, practice, make it a, make it a habit and, and don't get too caught up in the performance aspect of things. Just have it a fun exploration and see what feels good to the body. And it might just be good ass cuddles. Mm, that is the perfect, that's the perfect spot for me to jump in because I was going to say when it comes to bringing back the spark and just for context, so Joe, if you felt that energy, I felt it from her just in her 30s wanting to just fuck and fuck. Her kids are a little older. One is Minor, 16, yeah. one is 10. 10. So she's like in the fucking fuck place, which is magical. I had a baby seven months ago, so I'm feeling your sister a little bit. I'm also a freak of nature and my sex drive um, didn't really suffer. However, <laughs> the whole wanting to be intimate and even even experiencing the same quality or missing the same quality of connection that you had before the baby came that has been a real thing and when joe said you know maybe it's just cuddling i was going to suggest focusing on other aspects of the romantic relationship other than sex so mm-hmm. if you are not feeling here for the sex right now first of all from somebody who is literally still going through this four months, like, yes, please give yourself a motherfucking break. Like, please, Mm -hmm. this baby is so fresh. Your body, your organs are still going back where they go. If you were me at four months, your hemorrhoid that you got from being fucking pregnant still had not left. So like things are still (laughs) fresh. So I'm going to just, I'm going to give you a pass right now. I mean, like, so it sounds like your pussy just got royally fucked more than anything. I mean, but like not in the great way. It got fucked up, not fucked. It's like different. (laughs) It's different. 
Um, so that being said, like realistically, physically, things are still very far from being where they, where they were and, and where they will eventually be again. So take that into consideration, all the grace, like Joe said, and then just really focusing on the other romantic parts of the relationship, focus on connecting with each other outside of the bedroom, focus on date nights, focus on romance, focus on the little things that get taken for granted because I can, I can guess I could be wrong, but I'm guessing based on the comment that you made about how the one time you've had sex was because he wanted it, that the sex has been like, oh, we had a baby. It's been a long time. Like we need to have sex. And so that sex being intercourse. So intercourse is like the name of the game and everything else is kind of getting neglected because you're tired, because the energy is low, because you don't feel like yourself, because you have this baby that is now the center of your world and you don't give a shit about your husband or partner right now. Mm -hmm. Like that's just normal. That's super normal. So allow that to be, and then, you know, get really honest with your partner about your needs that aren't sexual and just say, Hey, like, I would really love to just connect with you and maybe go to dinner with you or eat takeout on the floor with you while the baby's sleeping and have a glass of wine and the focus not be having sex. I just want to reconnect to you. I miss you reconnect to the couple and let it go from there. Cause I really feel like once you do that, you will eventually, and again, giving time right now, eventually you will miss the sex part because it is so important for intimacy. But if you're missing the intimacy part, you're not going to be interested in sex at all. Yeah. I was about to say like, there is a difference. So I teach, like what I teach my clients, there's a difference between sensual energy and then your erotic essence. There's two parts to that. The erotic essence is like the, I want to fuck. Like I, I am she who wants to be what devoured, fuck to God, whatever. And sometimes it takes a long time or it takes some time to get ramped up to that erotic essence. Whereas your essential energy can be turned on by literally your five senses. Yes. Right. And so what is it that you want to touch? What is it that you want to see? What is it that you want to smell? What is it that you want to hear? What is it that you want to taste? And I think like in order to bring that spark back, start there. Start by like figuring out what the senses are first to create safety in the body, especially after an experience like that. Because the one thing that I think I hate, I hate to admit that a lot of us don't talk about is that having a baby is physical trauma to the body. It is a traumatic experience to the body. And as we know, and what we do, Kristen, like trauma, our body like knows when trauma happens. And whether this is a beautiful, traumatic, quote, quote, traumatic experience, mm-hmm. having a baby is still trauma yeah. to the body. You went yeah. through a lot and it's going to take time for your body and your nervous system to repair. And your biggest sex organ is not your pussy. It's actually your brain. Yeah. And your brain, the cocktail of fucked up hormones and things that are going on since you had that sweet little butter toffee scone, um, it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And, and so that like, just remembering that too, man, like the hormones, your hormones alone are the reason that you're not interested are one of the reasons that you're not interested at all in sex. Right. That's, that's one of the reasons. And Joe, I love what you just said about just the, the sensory part of it and how you can re-engage your own senses. That's something you can do entirely without your partner, which is nice because when you guys, when you've gone through something like this, your partner, whoever it was, a male or female, whoever did not physically have the baby, they cannot understand the depth of what you are going through. And so kind of taking the pressure off of them a little bit, just because they're not going to be able to always meet you exactly where you need to be met because they literally just can't connect to the experience that you had. And so I think there's some comfort and some empowerment in knowing that you are in control of your sensory experiences. And it might be a while before that erotic energy comes back, but you can be sensual anytime you choose. And something that's really nourishing I learned this in my Ayurvedic postpartum doula training because mm. Joe and I between us have, I don't know how many certifications and how many <laughs> things, um, sex just being one of them, but Abhyanga is a really beautiful practice. It's a warm oil massage that we encourage postpartum mothers to do. Sesame seed oil is especially nourishing. Um, don't get it toasted. You'll smell like Chinese food for like a month. <laughs> unless, <laughs> like, unless that unless, turns unless on. that's a turn on. Unless that is a sensory experience. <laughs> uh, but just giving yourself loving touch, giving yourself 
the nourishment of loving, slow, circular touch is a great way to engage your senses. If you can light a candle, even better. If you can do it away from a dirty diaper, even better. If you can do it while, you know, having a, a glass of water or a cup of warm tea nearby, even better. Like just these little things. There's this, there's a pleasure practice that I learned from Dr. Valerie Rain, who was amazing. Mm. She's been on the podcast as well. And I do this with my clients and that is how can I make this moment even more pleasurable? There's three levels to it where you take a moment that is already nice and you look around, this is level one. And you're like, what can I do to make this moment even more pleasurable? So right now I'm literally sitting in my bed and I have my glass of wine and I am pretty cozy, but my feet are cold. So I could make this moment more pleasurable by covering up my feet or putting on some fuzzy socks Mm -hmm. and maybe texting my husband and telling him to bring me some chocolate off the counter. Oh my God. I just, I just, I sent a message to Chris. I was like, more wine, please. Thanks. Hi. Just come in and just quietly. Shh. Don't, you don't have to say anything. Just pour and just pour right back out. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Um, and so like that's level one. And then eventually the practice deepens into how can I take something that's like kind of uncomfortable and find pleasure in the moment? And then how can I take something that is really uncomfortable and, and provide pleasure for myself? But that first level is actually all that I would want a, a new mother in this situation to do. And that, and that's just reconnecting to your needs because your whole life yeah. right now is about that baby. And I, God, I know, I know it. I'm still doing it. Joe remembers it. Like it was freaking yesterday. Like anyone who has done this, like we know that the second that baby came, it's their needs first. And that's super normal. But this little practice of just, what can I do? It can be so simple. Am I cold? Can I put on a sweater? Am I, are my hands dry? Can I slather on some lotion while I'm walking to do the next thing? Like, can I heat up my tea? Can I take five minutes and like take a essential oil roller and put on something that smells good. That's going to energize me. It doesn't have to be anything big. It doesn't have to be anything extravagant. Dance for a second to shake off like whatever energy is holding you back from that, you know? So it doesn't, it doesn't have to be huge. None of this stuff has to be huge. I think just be where you are, be really, really freaking compassionate toward yourself. Love on that baby as much as you can. Cause that oxytocin mm-hmm. is magic for all yep. of the, what ails you and the rest of it. If your partner, if you guys are committed to this partnership, that stuff, it will come back. It yes. will come back and just, you know, just trust that. Just trust yeah. that. Yeah. Trust that. I also think too, like One thing to remember is that once you become a mom, and women do this all the time, the moment we we take on a role, we really want to fucking own that role. So it's like, you just became a mom. You're going to want to own that role. But what does it look like for you to be mom and sexual? That's Mm -hmm. not very much of like, we don't see that in society, which I think is one of the reasons why I love our friendship because (laughs) we're totally like, we're moms and we're highly sexual and we have no shame about it. And we want to bring other people along on this journey. But you know, one of the things that I know helps that has helped me bring back that spark, even in between the seasons of not having that spark kindled for me was what does it look like for me to remove the role of mom? And how do I communicate that from my partner so that they can help me too? Mm. Because I can't be turned on if I'm thinking about all the tasks I have as a mother, but I can be turned on if I'm thinking about all the tasks as just a woman and not the role of a mother in, in my head. And so what does that look like for me? And a lot of times it's just like, can I put on red lipstick? And not that like a mom can't, but that removes some of the essence of motherhood so that I can step into my sensual energy and then my erotic essence a little bit deeper. Mm. Yeah. I like that. And That's I, a practical, practical, That's practical, practical. And practical. I, yeah. And I think for me, sometimes that looks like, cause I know I'm so fresh in it. And I know there's going to be a lot of different type of people listening to this, right? So I'm always going to bring, you know, just, just a different option. Like for me, she's seven months old. I'm obsessed with her. She's a love of my life right now. Like if something were, Mike is a human shield for her. Like that's what's happening right now. And I can't, I can't disconnect from that, but I think I also really value those moments, just catching myself. If something comes up and there's a tiny little voice from, you know, the fucking patriarchy who's always in our ear, who's like, Oh, like you're a mom now. If that, if that ever enters my mind, you're a mom now. I literally go look at in the mirror and I'm like, so fucking what? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> that doesn't mean anything when it comes to me expressing myself the way I want to express, dressing myself the way I want to dress, fucking the way I want to fuck. Like that, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like I'm a mom and it's not your and, mom now. Yes. I'm a mom and mm-hmm, <laughs> I mm-hmm. am he, sh- who, she who is a mom and wants her ass eaten now. Okay. <laughs> like that is, that's where I'm at on that. So. Oh, he's a bottom feeder, huh? That feels good. I mean, I have to ask, but you know, (laughs) he's willing. He's willing. (laughs) I will put up the warning that I always do for Mike's family. I'm like, if you're related to him, don't listen to this show. That's going to be all of the ones. I highly encourage all of my relatives to just not. (laughs) Unless you're like a third cousin and you could really benefit. That's, That's fine. Oh, anyways, uh, I feel like we did that justice. I think uh, that was good. Yes. So you, you who asked the question, you know, f- please feel free to DM us if you want to give more deets or would like yeah. us to get deeper into a certain aspect. But I think that's a good, uh, a good broad. I, th- I think we nailed that one. Mm, and now she can get <laughs> nailed when she's ready. When she feels ready. When she's ready. When she okay. wants to do that. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm gonna dig in. I'm gonna dig in. No, go, go. I'm gonna dig, dig in and see what we got. Dig in and say what we got. That's my little digging through music. I'm trying to decide where I want to go. Song. song. Oh, see, I we'll break up the lengthy ones with um ones that I think the answer is going to be relatively short on. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Okay, this one's fun. How many types of O's as an orgasm have you experienced, Joe? How many types Mm. of O's have Um, you experienced? Uh. Well. I think I want to say four. I've definitely had G-spot or- orgasm. I've definitely had clitoral orgasm. I believe in Lisbon, I had uh, an orgasm through my ass. That was yep, an anal orgasm. 100%. Yeah, I was like, whoa, whoa. Yes. And yes. then um, lately, energetic orgasms that literally feel like my chakras are aligning. Mm, oh, I got it. I got a text about that one time. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? An How energetic, an energetic oh. orgasm. Um, so I have had four as well. And because I was literally like racking them up in my brain while you're talking. <laughs> so yes, the clitoral orgasm has was the, the primary for many years before I realized there was other kinds. I'm not right. alone in that. Um, G-spot orgasm for sure. I have had a cervical orgasm. Ooh, I need to try one of those. Yes, I have to try one of those for sure. And, <laughs> um, and definitely an anal, an anal orgasm yeah. or like a, or a combo orgasm where you've got like a butt plug and then you, whether mm-hmm. it's G-spot or otherwise, right. and you get like several at once and you're not sure where they're coming from. But I mean, it's, all, it's like a drum circle and it's wonderful. To me, that's like a happy meal. That's yeah. like, it's just yeah, like, it's just like, holy like, shit. And you got the toy you wanted. That's amazing. Yay. It's perfect. <laughs> um, so those are, yeah, those are the type. I'm really interested in inner and in energetic, but I'm I was not. Say. Are you? You're familiar with Jaya, right? Uh, yes and no. I would think maybe. Okay, so mm. if you're not, Jaya is a world famous sexologist. She came up with the erotic blueprint, which is oh magical. yes, I am. Yes. I am okay, cool. very familiar. Mm-hmm. And she, so she has a quiz that I love, and I'll put it in the show notes so you guys can take it because um, who doesn't love a good quiz? And essentially, it talks about your erotic blueprint yeah. and what like what gets you going. There's like five or six different types. And so that was actually really helpful when I took it and I had Mike take it because we have very different sexual Mm. styles, which was super, super telling because I kept waiting on him to like, you know, read my mind the way we do back in early when we got together and I couldn't figure out why his go-to was some of the things that it was. (laughs) I was just Mm. like, I don't know why this is your go-to when I am clearly the kind of girl who wants X, Y, and Z. And so basically I found out that mine, I'm a shapeshifter. Mm. Um, and so I'm like kinky and se- overtly sexual. And there was another one like tied. Uh, yeah. Those that was are all mine. tied. So I'm, yeah. I'm just like, I don't need, you know, I'm, I'm not a sensor, a, a sensual. I'm not an energetic. Right. I'm very like visceral, physical, like stick yep. it to me. Like, I don't need mm-hmm. a lot of warm up. I don't need a lot of these like sensory experiences. Like there's stuff, I think as I get older and just as I, get more in tune in what I want moment to moment, there is stuff that I'm like, today, this isn't happening without these pieces. Whereas Mm -hmm. on a different day, that may or may not necessarily be true. But then Mike did the quiz and he was a sensual 
And he mm. really like the environment is yeah. very important. And the, the kind of walk up to the situation is important. There's, you know, he doesn't appreciate being treated like a piece of meat where you're just like, give me that cock and let's go. And, like <laughs> he actually likes the, the lead up to the act. And so right. when I realized that I was like, Oh, now I understand why I just want him to put me against the wall. And there's like all of this, there was a disconnect. It basically. Yeah. But you being a shapeshifter, cause I think I remember taking my blueprint and I'm a shapeshifter yeah. too. You can do you anything. like a range on things. Which I, I like think all is of it. So the amazing. thing is that I like all of it is the Thing. Right, right. So it's a, it's always interesting when people ask me things. I'm like, uh, it depends on the moment. Right. It because really the, does depend on the well, moment. Well, and it was so helpful for both of us too, because and I'm sure couples out there can relate for a shapeshifter who likes all of the things, we're the kind of person where if we get a really, really good, like mind-blowing orgasm. You're like, ooh, give me more. Mm-hmm. Like that, mm-hmm. you know, like it's the best. They've just done their mm-hmm. best work. And your partner over there is like, oh my God, I'm good for like three days. And I'm like, no, give me mm-hmm. more of that immediately. Mm-hmm. And for like three days in a row. And it can be very easy for the, the partner of a shapeshifter, if there isn't good communication, to feel like they are not enough to right. sexually satisfy their partner, which is not yep. true. It's just that that person, it's not that it's not a reflection on what they are or are not doing. It's like, if they do a good job, we just crave more of it because mm-hmm. we, we always want more. We oh always yeah. Want it. We so, always want more. Yes. I mean, okay. So energetic orgasm, what does yeah. that feel like? Talk about it that. literally feels like everything in your body is like just all the energy in your body is going right through the center line of your body. And it's just shooting out your fucking pussy. I like being fucked it's, by a rainbow or like a shooting star. I mean, star. I, like, fuck, like a meteor. Ooh, okay. It's, it's like a, it's, it's damn powerful. It is, I mean, I, it like, it sends shivers all over my body. It's like I am like lifted off the bed almost. And my mind goes to, last night, for example, my mind went through space and Egypt simultaneously, like ancient Ooh, Egypt. Egypt. So I was like, <laughs> Were you like Cleopatra? You're, you're, you had a yeah. royal pussy moment where you were I like, was, <laughs> I had a royal pussy moment. So I was like, holy fuck, where the fuck I'm am I? I'm calling out my lineage of queens right now. <laughs> Pretty much from like the beginning to the freaking future of time. It was, it was mind blowing. And I think it's like one of those where you don't, you feel it in your body, but you don't feel the physical contractions of an actual mm-hmm. orgasm. Okay. You literally feel your entire body and every energetic sense is just coming to life. And then depending on depending on the sexual experience, it can either keep rocking or it could just like slowly simmer down. But it last night felt like to me, I was like, oh my God, I'm losing my breath. I'm losing my senses. I don't know where the fuck I am, but like I, I don't I don't even care to come back. Yeah. Like, it was this is dead, so powerful. I mean, I've always, I've always said, like, you know, if I die, like, please let me die while I'm having an orgasm. Oh, I want to die. I want Mike and I to be like wrinkly ass, like eighty plus at <laughs> least. I want us to be boning, and then I want us to have simultaneous notebook style heart attacks. And I want people to find <laughs> us. I want us to be old and wrinkled and naked and intertwined. Like, I want to be on. Oh. Him. When they find us. That's my dream. I'm manifesting that for myself. That's how I want to go out. And I want, because, and James is going to be like, oh my God. But inside, she's going to be like, oh, those motherfuckers love each other so much. And they were so horny up until the end. Like, that's all I want for her. It would be so amazing. I'm so curious. Give us the nitty gritty on a cervical orgasm. Okay. So, for me, well, okay, before I go into that though, I had, I felt like I had a smart question while you Ooh, were talking yes. I wanted to ask you so you would know how smart and thoughtful I am. So you, with an energetic orgasm, mm-hmm. you know how when you have just a really good, like quaking physical or, orgasm yeah. with all the contractions and everything and, and it's release, right? There's a lot of release and sometimes you cry or you feel like yeah. an, an overwhelm of emotion. And then the next day, sometimes there's a little bit of emotional hangover because you have yeah. to get really vulnerable to get that depth. Did you, do you experience or did you experience anything like that with an energetic orgasm? Yeah. I feel like they're very cleansing emotionally and physically. Like it is, it's one of those feelings where you're like, did I just, did I just literally remove energetic emotional blocks in my body? 
because that's what it felt like. And literally today, actually I texted you and I was like, I had a fucking crying spell. And like, it was just, so when I say, I was like, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited you get to have that. I was like, I had the most like delicious cry this like afternoon. And I'm so glad that I had it because it just felt like a humongous block. And I looked over at my partner and I said, I think you just unblocked the shit out of my emotions. Holy fuck. I feel like a new fucking person. And I'm like, I think I just like, did I just? Did I just use psychedelics? No, I didn't. It just felt like this whole goddamn like beautiful energetic experience, which is so mind blowing. Mm. So mind blowing. Yeah. It was that's so awesome. delicious. Mm. And I mean, there was Love like a couple times too where like me and my partner, we had sex and I'm like, did our orgasm just change the sky? Cause it looks so beautiful. <laughs> did we just shift the space time continuum <laughs> with our sex? <laughs> I'm like, damn, we are so into ourselves. It's ridiculous. Also, I just realized that, I mean, we've been rolling for 30 minutes. We've only <laughs> answered two questions and we're like, we haven't actually answered two questions. We're on the second question. Um, but cervical orgasms, really quick. So <laughs> they are, I would say they're challenging for me to achieve. I never achieved them until um, my husband, just mm. because, I mean, I think from pure, the fact that we have been having sex the longest. Like we have been together for seven years and we, you know, I mean, when you're in a container like that, you obviously you're just getting deeper and deeper all the time. You're going, going deep and not wide anymore after you leave the field. So there's a lot of intimacy work and things that go into that, but it's, I think it's the hardest for me to achieve because despite all of the awareness that I have in order to get deep enough to have a cervical orgasm, the amount of like presence and embodiment that you have to have and relaxation that you have to have is still hard for me to attain like on a regular basis. So I probably experience these once every couple of months. And that's not to say that all of the other kinds of set, like they're all very satisfying in different ways. Um, And when it comes to talking about how they feel, it's just, it's so deep. The depth of penetration is really, really deep that when you are not properly aroused, when you are not properly connected, if you're not feeling each other emotionally, intimately, like if there is any little bit of snit between the two of you or anything, like you're not going to get there. And it's just so interesting because it is like the deepest, farthest core, like up inside of me. And if I am not willing to give him literally everything, he's not gonna be able to touch it. And so that takes, it's a process and it normally doesn't, I'm never intending for them to happen. So when it does happen, it's because we got into a good session and it just, it went long enough. So length is also, I think it's when we've been working, not (laughs) working sounds so lame. When we have literally been fucking for, uh, you know, over an hour, the likelihood of it happening is higher because we've spent all of that time getting warm and loosey goosey and juicy and all of that. And when they happen, they, for me personally, it feels like the, there are contractions, but they literally come from my womb space. They don't, it's not like the short, sharp of your clitoris. It's not like that. It's not like womp, womp, womp. It's more like womp, womp, womp. But it's almost like it sends out like waves that go down like your legs Mm. and your arms and into your toes and into your fingertips and up into your hair. And that's the kind that when it's over you literally are like laying on the bed, like panting for air. You feel like absolute jelly. And yeah. you're like, I'm not going to be able to walk. Like I am going to get a UTI because I can't go pee. <laughs> no, maybe I've had those. Do, yeah. do you feel like your pussy the next day like is a little bit like, oof, it's Yeah, sore. that's that's the, oh. that's the side to side walk yeah. the next day because yeah. you got to get, there's like some grinding of like joints <laughs> and pieces that happen too, I think. So there's and definitely, then, and then also, like well, my yeah. mound is sore the next day too. And like my pubic <laughs> bone and like all the things are sore the and next like, day. Like after you've had a baby, you're like, ooh, all these things. Are feeling a certain way. (laughs) You're like, they feel like they're all hanging out of my (laughs) vagina. Like, they all feel like they weigh a million pounds and they're like peeking out. Can I just tuck this shit back in? (laughs) Why you just walk around like this? 
Man, well, I think I need to go experience one of those tonight. You need to go experience an energetic one. (laughs) I do. I do need an energetic one. Though once you describe that, I think I think I have experienced that. Not in the I haven't gotten to like a cosmic plane yet, but I have definitely experienced the feeling of expansive release in my body that wasn't contractions where yeah. afterwards I felt the same amount yep. of satisfaction and connection or as if more. I had or more, but yeah. it wasn't, but I didn't get the tell, you know, telltale like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like that didn't yeah. happen. Like so yeah, I have had that. Just- I, the only thing I can describe it to you is like, you're literally like your chakras align. Like yeah. everything in you just feels in alignment and you're just like shooting. Like I know there are a couple of times where after those, my body just like falls into like a straight sharp line and then I collapse into surrender. And if somebody doesn't know what chakras are and you have no idea what we're talking oh, yeah, about, that's right. it feels like really needing five bucks and walking outside <laughs> and finding five bucks on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> or, 10, in, yeah. or 10 or you're 10 or like holy shit yeah. that's you're a like, I need right five there. but i found a 10 and so i can get a coffee and go do whatever i was going to do that you can apparently do for five dollars <laughs> okay should we move on to the third question let's move on to the third okay. one <laughs> how do i become more confident sexual less of a prude in the bedroom and be more adventurous and not as self-conscious I grew up in a very religious household where one was supposed to wait until marriage, blah, 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 blah. And I was chastised as, chastised as a child for masturbating. Mm. I'll let you take this Ooh, one first. Thoughts. Yes. Okay. So for those of you who are, who are new to me, my background is that I was raised, I was born and raised in the South, in the Bible Belt. And on top of that, I was homeschooled. So oh, you, just, you just all the way. Ex- oh, all of them. All of them. So sexual repression 101 and 102. I took both of those <laughs> very early in life. And um, I, I failed those classes, but they were um, given. And so I, spiritual oppression, not spiritual, that's the wrong word. Religious oppression of sexuality is very real. It's also very rampant in this country um, because, you know, yes, I'm going to get in trouble. Don't give a fuck because it's a mob of chaos. Uh, because religion, as we know it, organized religion is literally tied all the way up in patriarchy. So all of that I just had a very important moment. I don't have time for this whole story, but for the person asking this question, I had a moment where I asked myself why, because I received all of the shame. You are, your body is bad. It is your job to make sure that your brother doesn't stumble. You have to dress in a way that is not going to provoke him to sin and not tempt him. It is your job to make sure that he doesn't do shit or as, you know, just our our society would say, it is your job to make sure that you don't get raped. It's not his job to not rape. It's your job to not get raped. So that was put on us from a very early age and the whole virginity spiel, like your connection to God and your, your worthiness as a woman and your value as a woman and a future wife and a mother all depends on you protecting your precious flower, your virginity. And I asked myself why there was not an equivalent for guys. Because there isn't, there is no equivalent um, in the Bible or otherwise, in which there isn't anything about your flower in the Bible either, to be honest. Um, but there was no equi- equivalent of that. And even in church culture, there is this boys will be boys. Like there's a little bit of a past, like God made them. So he understands. So like, if they fuck up, they can get forgiveness and they can still be worthy of marrying a virgin who has taken great care of herself for the entire time. But if you fuck up and you lose your card, then he may or may not want to marry you because you're just trash after that. I mean, isn't it the most fucked up shit? I mean, I came onto your podcast talking about infidelity, right? I think I I even said like men get a pass because Mm -hmm. we as a society and culture are like, oh, men are are supposed to They're sexual. They can't control themselves. They're animals. So we forgive them and look the other way. But women are not supposed to be sexual. They are not. They exist sexually for the pleasure and entertainment of men. So if they step outside of that, they're the bad ones. Yeah, but let's let's, let's like, let's kind of like 
pick this apart because I had a beautiful conversation with my partner yesterday about this. And I was like, oh, here's some of the questions that we're answering on this podcast. <laughs> and he was actually like, well, here's the thing. Women are actually primed and designed to actually want to have sex all the time because they are designed to actually procreate. And so to actually procreate, you have the cyclical um, environment in your actual bodies to want to have sex at a certain period of time. So like this goes back to the whole menstrual cycle part, right? And like knowing that you ovulate at a certain time, like, so every month there is this desire to fuck. Why? Because your body needs to. Your body until a certain age is going to say, I need to procreate because that's what your body, your animal instincts, your hormones are telling you what to do. Men, however, that desire and those hormones and that testosterone and that drive only gets turned on when they feel confident in themselves in terms of their um, productivity, in terms of their ability to hunt and gather. And that is not something that men do these days. Yeah. Right. So think yeah. about how the evolution of men have also changed. A lot of men have become more domicile in their nature as far yeah. as their animalistic like energies. And they've removed that part of the driving and the needing to hunt mm-hmm. and the needing to do yeah. things, they're needing to perform, which then actually means their sex drive is no longer turned it's on. Lower. But I want to I wanna reframe this so that we can stay focused on the person who's asking the question, because the person asking the question is dealing with religious shame. And, um, I, to some extent, I agree with what, with what your partner said, (laughs) (laughs) um, but I, (laughs) but I definitely, I need to reframe it a little bit because primally that's true. Primally we are, we are Mm -hmm. primed to want sex. Women are that's primally we are conditioned societally and socially Mm -hmm. to not. And that's what this gal is facing with the spiritual, the religious conditioning around all of this. So totally. I just just wanted to add that in there as like a, what we were before socialization. Right. Before socialization. Exactly. Um, But now with all of this, this is what we're running up against where, you know, you're, you're taught to think this way and believe this way. And then at some point you, take whichever color pill and the matrix shows you the real world. I don't remember. So I'm not going to try and quote it accurately because <laughs> I'm going to say one color and then some <gasps> nerd is going to call me up and be like, that's the wrong color. So one of the pills, red or blue, you take one of them and one of them shows you the real fucking world. And we all have that moment. And I think what then becomes really important is to ask yourself where that story, like who, who gave it to you? your parents, your grandparents, the people who raised you, your, the neighborhood, the society, the church, the community, and then ask yourself how much of your upbringing are you still allowing to dictate your adult life today? Mm -hmm. Like if you're not allowing those people to dress you and pick the food that you eat and tell you how to work out and all of these other things that I know it feels like it's something that's not as easy to separate, but it actually is. It's just another Mm -hmm. set of beliefs that have been passed to you from another person that aren't, they don't actually belong to you unless you consciously choose those as an adult mm-hmm. for yourself with a full understanding of what they mean to you as a person, as, as an mm. individual. And so I just invite you as you're struggling with this and it's, I have so much grace for you. I've been through this it's called deconstruction. I went through it, you know, a decade for a decade, I've been going through it and it's just a coming back to all of the fundamental things that you started out with, it's taking all the shit that came in your welcome bag at birth and laying it out at the table and asking yourself as a conscious woke adult, what out of this is serving me and what is no longer serving me. And the shit that is not serving you, you need to throw it out. And you feeling any kind of shame around embracing your full capacity for pleasure and connecting to yourself as a sexual, sensual, magical human being and being able to explore your body and be in communion with other people and all of these things, like these are divine, beautiful giftings. And so mm-hmm. if you are carrying around something that keeps you from seeing it that way, maybe that is not serving you and needs to be, to be ditched and time to let go of the baggage. Yeah. And definitely, um, the whole, the whole stuff about masturbation, 
I will just throw this in there quickly because we should literally just do a whole episode on masturbation because it is such a thing because there, Mm -hmm. it's such a hard thing, especially for women, because again, it's not something it's like, Oh, guys have these irresistible urges and they got to do something to let off that steam. But girls, they don't have that. They don't need Uh, that. But we also do have something to do that. We do. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we do. Well, and the other thing, the other argument for um, the Christian girls wanting to have sex is so God created you, correct? Correct. God made that body, correct? Correct. So God gave you, God, who is all knowing, gave you a clitoris that has 8,000 nerve endings in it that has nothing to do with reproduction. And it feels really good when you do certain stuff to it. Do you think God did that by accident? Do you think he right. did? He did not. He right. did not do that by accident. And, and I mean, I'm like always like, if you're going to get on my nerve, at least get on my clitoris. Get on like, get those 8,000. I got 8,000 nerves that you can get on <laughs> if you would like to move <laughs> at on least down. get on that nerve. Yeah. And, you know, and I mean. <laughs> all of those nerves. Get on all of those nerves. So I want to say that. And I also, I'm just going to add this in because there was a couple of questions around this. So yeah. you guys who ask questions about masturbation shame because of religious stuff. I also want to offer to you that in my personal experience, it really helped me shift out of the shame piece when I reframed masturbation, which can be crude and crass because of porn culture. And you might think of a guy jerking off a big dick for, you know, and getting a bunch of jizz everywhere. Or like, there's all kinds of stuff you might think about when you hear masturbation. So when you Mm -hmm. shift from masturbation into a self-pleasure practice, that's very different. It feels different in tone and in energy. And mm-hmm. for women, it's really vital and important to connect to your pleasure and understand your own body. It's a reverent act. It's a sacred act. It's good for your freaking health. There's so many benefits hormonally, physically, emotionally from doing that. And so I just want to invite you to reframe everything you've ever learned. Like just yeah. examine all of it. Because as we're all evolving, as we're all on these journeys of self-development, we examine all of our shit around money and around business and around confidence and around our self-worth. Why but would you not do the same thing with sex? sex. Why yep. would you not do the same thing? The same thing because is required. Sex is also part of power. Of and course. that's the hardest <laughs> part, right? Like when we actually understand that sexuality is owned by the individual, then what does that mean? Oh shit. Individuals have agency. Yeah. Wait a second. Let's actually put them in a box so that we could shame them. So that this way they don't have ownership of their own agency. Right. That's where the fucked up part is. And so, I mean, like with this, thank you for taking us to church Mm -hmm. on this question. But you know, for me, like I think I, I, I'm just going to agree with everything you say. I don't call it masturbation. There's something really weird about it ca- being called masturbation. Mm-hmm. Like for like, some masturbation, masturbation is fine. <laughs> but even that, like it, it like brings up for me, at least as a like Filipino American, it mm-hmm. brings up this really weird master and like domineering. Complex. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't, I it doesn't, it feels, it, it feels, um, industrialized to the body mm-hmm. and and when it feels industrialized to the body it just feels like a quick fix mm-hmm. it feels yeah. like something i'm just supposed to get off in and something I'm, that that's just supposed to be performance based and i think like 2018 was when i started to kind of lean into what does pleasure-based living look like to me what does it actually look like to lean into joy what does it look like to lean into things that actually bring me happiness or pleasure or a feeling of sensation throughout my entire body, which then meant to dump everything that felt like performance based, mm-hmm. that felt like there was a sense of slavery and master, like th- just that, yeah. that language and that feeling and that, that decolonization process that it we have is. to do within ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I love that you called it deconstruction because the moment you mm-hmm. said that, I was like, oh, you're deconstructing, I'm decolonizing. Yes. Like, There's a part of me that's decolonizing parts of my life and breaking it apart Mm -hmm. so that I have a better understanding of what it means. And I think like two, in order to become more confident and sexual and less of a prude, literally ask yourself, what do you want to embody? What Mm -hmm. do you want to own? What is the energy that you're trying to bring into your own sexual experience just for you? Mm -hmm. The most important part for this, and, and since a lot of these questions came from our audiences, and I'm assuming that our audiences are primarily female or women or of fem- or non-binary like queens or non-binary yeah. royalty, or, I should yeah. say. Yes. Um, 
so they're queens or non-binary non royalty. Like this to me says, what, what do you need to do to step into your queendom mm -hmm. or your non-binary royalty? What is that feeling that you want to evoke? And can you step into that and step away from the religious mm -hmm. upholding and chastising and all that bullshit? Because if it doesn't serve you, walk the fuck away from it. Yeah. Walk and the fuck away. And there was a huge, there's a huge difference between something being shame, something being shameful and something being sacred. You can protect something, you can honor something, you can put a great amount of care and attention around something because it's sacred. Whereas when you shut down something because it's shameful, that's very, very different. So the stuff you grew up with stuff you grew up with definitely was, was shame based. And that's, it's fear, shame and fear that keeps you. No, 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 no. Oh, Joe has to go to the bathroom real quick. <laughs> and, then, and then we'll do another question. <laughs> go Joe, go to the bathroom. But no, I, I was going to say like the shame and fear keeps you locked in. Like yeah. to me, shame, fear, judgment keeps you shackled to old stories. And if you think about yourself being shackled to old stories, do you want to keep yourself shackled? Yeah. Unless it's to a bed and you're getting fucked to God. No, oh. please do not shackle we, me. We're but gonna like, have to talk about some shackles another time. Because <laughs> I'm, an, I'm a fan, to be honest. But <laughs> shackle me to that liberation. Shackle do not me shackle to me that to that the post. other part. But yeah, but not to some weird ancient freaking shit that was come up with by a bunch of fucking old dudes. Like, no, absolutely not. Um, yes. Go to the bathroom. Joe's a pro. So she can like, like message me on zoom and talk and keep her train of thought. And I cannot. So she was like sending me a message trying to be all sly. And I was like, I don't know what she's, I like stopped talking so that I could read the message. Um, yeah. So I just, I just want to offer that up because having gone through this, there's so much beauty on the other side. There is so much freedom and liberation when you can, with compassion for the person that you were and for the people who raised you to be that way, whether that was your parent, whoever the, the guardian was that brought you up that way, just understanding that they raised you that way out of love. They loved you the only way they knew how, and they raised you that way because that's what they knew to do. They were only doing what they knew to do. And once you know better, it's your responsibility to do better. So if you are suffering from the way that you're raised, if you are seeing the negative dark sides of these things that you were taught that don't serve you and don't make sense for you, it's your job to, to heal that shit, get, walk away from it, get away from it, get out from under it. And I, I did find that that transition, just making that relationship with yourself, making your sexuality, bringing in a sacred component to it, it can definitely help transition. It can help you transition from religious into more spiritual because we are, I mean, we are indeed holy, but not in the way that, you know, we, we've been presented. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully and that's I think helpful. too, it's like, I mean, your sexuality is part of your whole being. Yeah society, religion, culture, media, all the other influences outside of us have told us that it's not. It's about bringing it back. It's about integrating all those pieces to yourself and actually saying, you know what? I accept this part of me because that is important to me. Because sexuality is all about pure self-expression and identity. That's really what it is at its core being. We've just taken it and roped it up and wanted to put all these constructions around it to say this is what it means. And essentially, it's all about you, who you are to your purest self-expression before society told you you had to be a certain fucking mm -hmm. thing. And sexuality is the energy of creation. Whether you mm -hmm. give, ever choose to give birth or not, that energy can be put into yes. so many other things. You can birth a business. You can mm -hmm. birth a nonprofit. You can, I mean, that energy, that sexual vital life force, like it is what helps you bring forth your deepest desires and longings and do good in the world. So it, yep. it is, it is nothing but positive and sacred and magic and fucking mm. cosmic. And we need mm. it. We super need mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. All right. So 
wine makes us long winded mm. as well. So let's do one more question for one this question. one. And then we we're going to come back. Fun one. Should we do one? Let's on do, toys? Yeah. Let's end on a fun one. I, I was going to do that because you're the queen of toys. Perfect. <laughs> I have a seven month old baby. So at the moment Sweet. I am not, I am not the queen of toys. I will, <laughs> I will tell you my, my one new find. Well, no, I'll tell mm. you my, I'll tell you my standby forever. And then my one new one. And then I'll let Joe get into it because she <laughs> is the queen of toys. She has freaking everything. She sends me pictures of her all the time. I'm like, is that an alien hand? And she's like, almost, it almost is. Um, it mimics, mimics human looking and all kinds let, of stuff. Listen, <laughs> I mean, start with that. Like kids, kids, kids collect stuffed animals. Clearly, I am collecting Joe vibrators sex toys. and yeah. sex toys mm-hmm. <laughs> and creepy robot hands. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. What is that toy that looks like a phone? It's like got a oh, lot of what is that? Hey, that is the Laura Di Carlo uh, Ose Two. And no, this you is, probably shouldn't start with not, that, guys. If this you, is not a plug-in for that no. either. We're not sponsored by them. However, we are not. We love to be. Love to be. Call us. We love that. <laughs> Call us. Um, this toy in particular actually in 2018 got pulled off of CES, which is the Consumer Electric Show, which is the number one show for technology and, and, and consumer like products. It was not, it was awarded like number one consumer product and for their robotic technology and like drone like technology and then got pulled off when they found out it was a sex toy that was also female owned. So could you imagine the stir up that this shit brought for the entire tech industry? Cause it was like, you guys gave it this award for its technology and everything that it did. But then once you realized it was specifically made for female pleasure, you were like, oh shit, gotta go got to go. So that toy has been something that's been on my eye for the last like two years. It finally got sent to me, but it is one where it is like blended orgasms. It's just crazy. It, you know how we were talking about like how we've had four different kinds of orgasms. So blended orgasms is when you have like three or four of the different kinds at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you just said that you've had it on your eye for a long time. So the wine is getting to you too. <laughs> I've had that toy on my eye for the longest time. Uh, longest does, it, time. does it give your eyeball a blended orgasm? Oh, because maybe. I should try that. Um, okay. So an actual question. That was volunteered information. An actual question about toys is mm. what's a good toy that's a transition off the trusty but maybe a little tired wand? I have never. I have a never-ending decision per- paralysis here. I was like, cannot say paralysis at this point in the game. <laughs> you know, for me, there's like, like I, there's two different ones that, that come to mind for this one. I personally really love the, um, vibe from mod get mod is a brand that actually oh, makes, awesome. yeah, they make really great lubricants. Their little vibrator I think is 45 bucks. It has three different speeds. You can use it for clitoral. You can use it for insertion. You can even use it for anal play if that's your choice. But I love that because it does all the things and it's also really economically priced. Yeah. It's super not like cheap. crazy. It's not crazy. It's not like a $200 toy. And so yeah. I think that one is just a really great transition. Plus, at least for me, I have learned that I love that like low rumbling vibration feel Mm -hmm. and that feels really good for my own orgasms i don't like that sharp like yeah and then you're you're coming and you don't even you like your mind you like three seconds (laughs) (laughs) no thanks really just this one gives me that and then the other one for me is the lawand point which also gives that same feel, but it's rose gold. It has this beautiful feel to it. You can lay it on your clitoris. And yeah. It's just, you know, just super, yeah. super pretty. So that, that would be those so two for me. confession, I haven't bought a vibrator in so long, so long. The only one I currently have is still actually great. It's the Wee Vibe. It's the vibrating mm. cock ring. And oh. so, which is funny because I got crafty. Um, I bought it for my husband and then he didn't use it that often. And then I was like, oh, well, I don't have a vibrator, so I'm going to use this. And it actually ended up being one of the most magical things of all time hmm. because it not only has, it has like a wide, broad, but pointed part, kind of like a triangle that would go, um, you know, basically 
under the ball sack if it were on him if the ring was around his dick that part would go right under his balls that part is the part that i would put on my clitoris generally speaking and then the because it's a ring you can literally use i have like my crystal dildos and stuff and i can use it with my crystal dildos if i want to Mm -hmm. or with anything else that you would like to insert and it is uh, flexible and bendy. It has 10 different speeds and patterns Mm. and it does all these different, it's got lots of different ones, which are fun because we all have the thing we know will work, right? We all are like, we can get it done in this amount of time. If we're not trying to connect to our deepest selves and see ourselves in past lives and stuff, if we're not trying to do that, (laughs) there is like a setting that we all know will just get you there. We'll just get you there. Yeah. When you're trying to get out of that groove or Mm -hmm. rut, when you're trying to get out of that, it's fun to play with different speeds and sensations or like put it in the freezer and cool it down or do these different things. Um, but I also just my personal, when I use a vibrator, I like to switch off back and forth between vibrator and manual because Mm -hmm. when you do something over and over and Joe is a, is a, neuro nerd too. So she knows this, you are developing pathways, neuro pathways Mm -hmm. and teaching your body like, this is the way that I orgasm. And so when you change that up, you are teaching your body. These are all the ways that I orgasm, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And so I like to switch back and forth. And so I'll take a break from the, from the vibrator when it starts to not feel as magical, kind of like going off of coffee. Like if you go off of coffee for three days, that coffee on the fourth day is like the best tasting coffee on earth. And when you start to take coffee for granted, um, you need a break from it because you're just, you don't appreciate it for what it is anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I get that way with vibrators. And so lately I've been really slowing it down and playing with, I have um, a beautiful obsidian uh, Mm. dildo that I've been playing with because it has all these energetic properties for healing and grounding and being, you got the, let's see it. Do you have like a sacred squirter? Oh, uh, no. That's pretty. <laughs> just pull- hold on. This is hilarious. We're in our room. So I'm like, let me get my little here. Look, hold on. So I have, oh, are I, we, are we I like my Gemini. Yeah. I like my We're Gemini. I have my Gemini from Unbound Babes, which is awesome. Oh, I love that one. We talked about this that one. That was actually this like the part that I, I like in my butt. Tell you. Yeah. Oh, I got to <laughs> talk about that. Oh, and then it looks like you have, yeah. See, I have the black. Oh, look. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have twin crystal pleasure wands. <laughs> Clearly. It's really unfortunate that you guys, I used this today. Yeah. <laughs> I used this today. <laughs> FYI. Um, it's, it's sad that there is no video function currently on this platform. I will have the video and save it. Maybe one day it'll make it to YouTube I think we should something. just put it on IG put Live. It on. Okay. <laughs> or IGTV. Be like... Here you guys go. Like here. Can you imagine you have to do it in like, I guess we'll just this part. I was like, you have to do it in 15 minute increments. This is going to be at least an hour and a half long. Um, Okay. So anyways, just slowing things down, focusing on, you know, getting back to the old handies and and playing with that and playing with the the beautiful crystal that does bring in that kind of sacred element. If you want to get into a self-pleasure practice where it's a little longer and slower and more sensual, and you're really connecting with your feminine energy and with your own pleasure points. And it's wonderful for all of that. That's kind of where I'm at right now. I think too, like you have to remember there is a masculine and feminine energy that works in, in all sexuality. And Every person, regardless yes, of your gender, actually has this. Yep. And while you want to transition from the trusty old wand, which I have one of those too, and that thing is so freaking powerful. I mean, like, <laughs> it, like when I use the wand, it's, like, it's great. Yeah, I'm but just it's like, great. I'm, yeah. I'm done for the next like four years. Very goal wand. oriented. It's like, you are going to come. <laughs> We're going to beat you into submission. <laughs> It's not like, that is my goal. There's no like question about it. It's not like, Oh, want to come? It's like, do you want to, (laughs) it's just a matter of like, (laughs) are you going to come in like 30 seconds or three? Like that's like, are you trying to get off while he brushes teeth? Yes. It's a, it's a go, it's a go to. And then you like pretend to go to sleep. Absolutely. If that is what you're trying to do, it's, it's for that. Keep it plugged in next to your bed. (laughs) 
but if that is not what you're trying to do, That's which we totally understand, do. and no judgment on any of these things. We are not we're, passing a judgment on these situations. We are giving you we're just so giving many options. options we're giving options. I, I also agree with you. Like there is the, the sensual pleasure part of having a pleasure wand or a glass dildo or some kind of healing crystal wand that just gives you a different experience. Yes. And I think the transition to a different experience can actually be really healthy for you because mm. then you can try all the things. Also, since we talked about the sexual blueprint earlier, if your blueprint isn't that, yeah. you might just like to just get yeah. it one and done. And that's also... Okay. And if you don't have anyone else in the relationship, that's perfectly fine. (laughs) But if you do, that is a conversation (laughs) about how everyone is getting their needs met together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you brought that sensual blueprint, that reminds me of just like how okay it is that I have so many different toys. Mm. Yes. Because at one point I was like, damn, I have so many different sex toys. Is it because I don't want or like a certain thing? Actually, my pussy just enjoys a variety. Oh, I, I mean, come on. Like I am still, and put this in your pipe and smoke it. I am a mom. I have a seven month old baby. And when she takes her two hour long nap, I am in my room with a butt plug in and a <laughs> vibrator out and a dildo. in. like, I want all of the orifices filled. I want all the sensations. I want all of the things that may be the most that about me that I've ever nap? shared on the, it is, it's during her long nap. Um, when I'm not working, <laughs> when I'm not on client calls, I'm doing client research, <laughs> but I'm just saying like variety. Yes. And also like, I want all of the things. Like I want all of the things <sighs> once I want them all. I love mm. them all. Yes. Speaking of all the things, all the things. We probably should get all the other we things. should. <laughs> we should probably get all the other things. Um, okay. That feels that feels good. This is the first one, guys. Don't worry. We have we have a bank of questions now, and we have so plenty more that you we've got to go through. We're vulnerable, and you put your shit out there, and you commented on that post or DM'd us your questions. We kept them all. We copied and pasted them all into a master document, and we will be going through them at at this pace. <laughs> <laughs> at our base. And um, if you want more of it, please. Please let us know because us we know may do because... some pop-up situations to to make sure that we're getting these answered for you because we care. We care a lot about <laughs> we, you we and your orgasms, your orgasms and <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I'm just I'm really trying to I'm trying to figure out how to get off at this point. <laughs> Might need to switch to like a manual cuz the wand isn't doing it anymore. <laughs> We love you guys. Thank you. We do love you guys. And and I love you. (laughs) I love you too. This was magical. Is there anything else that needs to be said before we go? I mean, I hope you all enjoyed. We'll be back. (laughs) That's the main thing. I just don't want people to be like, oh, they didn't answer my question. We will be back. Your question will get answered. So just you're important. (laughs) You're gonna be seen. We love you. We're just having way too much fun with toys. Mm. orgasms breaking shame oh yeah shattering stigma crushing the fucking patriarchy enabling uh, enabling do you love that one i was gonna say empowering and i said enabling (laughs) enabling and empowering moms to get their sexy on yes yes those things we will happily enable the erotic moms out there we are happily doing that let's make sweatshirts yes (laughs) Yes. yes Milf enabler. That's oh. what we're doing. All right. I love you. <laughs> love you. Let's call that. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for hanging in there and listening with an open and curious heart. I hope this conversation has inspired, educated, and entertained you, or at the very least, shaken things up in a productive way. Ann Voskamp says that shame dies when stories are told in safe places. So please share, rate, and review. Sending you love and dark chocolate. Talk soon.